listening to Nerds on Film with Roxy Noberry, Sean Moriarty, Gina Giovanetti, and Brian Moriarty. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Boom, chicka, like a boom, chicka, like a boom. Uh, can we give a quick shout out to our listeners just from the very beginning? Because we are recording to you tonight from our brand new computer, mm. which we would not have been able to do if it wasn't for some awesome listeners who hit that donate button and gave us the money to be able to afford this. I'm going to say new with air quotes because it's actually a refurbished computer, but it is. Brian, don't ruin the illusion. Thank you to all of our sugar mommies and our daddies. Previous com- okay, our previous computer was seven years old. This is only a two-year-old computer. Oh, so we are, we're in a good, we're in a good place with this right now. Certified pre-owned from Mac product. Like yes, you. it is a certified pre-owned of Apple products. Exactly. Um, from Bob Loblaws. <laughs> and what I'm just looking at company. is every time, so we have the little monitor that like tells you how much computing power is being Brian, used. when you said that, you squeaked. What is squeaking? It's probably my chair. <laughs> yeah, chair. you're like, you're and like squeaking. So it, like has the little, it has the little columns. They're like, they're like the little cylinders of your engine. They're telling you how much computer power you're using. And when we were recording in the past, it was always both cylinders were like, oh my God. like, you know. Trying to take a, a, a freaking go-kart on the freeway, basically. That's what it, it sounded like. It doesn't help that so, our cave is like 100 degrees yeah. right now. However, the new computer is nice. Is nice, it's, isn't it? It is running smooth. Yeah. So Courtesy of Skynet. I think we spent way too much time talking about the computer. Sorry. Okay. I'm, so I'm, Spider-Man. I'm, I'm really, really happy. Yeah. So what have we seen, everybody? The answer is Spider-Man. Yes. So. Esquire. Mm-hmm. Ah, so what did we think, Shanzi? I enjoyed it thoroughly. I thought that it was exactly like the Peter Parker that that we've always wanted to see, the younger Peter Parker who was more quippy and it was a little bit more fun. Uh, I didn't. I, he didn't cry as much as Tobey Maguire, and he <laughs> oh God, wasn't. Right. I mean, Andrew Garfield was quippy, but he just didn't have as good of writers and as good of uh, um, being his own universe. Didn't make it as enthralling as being part of the MCU and having Iron Man in there and. And having Captain America in there. Oh, my God. The way that they use Captain America. By the way, spoilers, everybody. If you haven't seen it, fuck off. (laughs) Skip. Skip ahead a a bit. Fuck off. No, don't fuck (laughs) off. Stay with us. Enjoy the spoilers. What do you guys think about it, Roxy? Oh, my God. Well, I wasn't disappointed. Remember how I was was kind of uh, gearing up to be disappointed, y'all? Remember Mm the last time we talked about this? Because I was sick and tired of seeing prepubescent... Spidey, um, and I, I actually really thoroughly enjoyed Tom Holland. I thought his acrobatics were fucking incredible. Um, the Washington D.C. sequence was insane, um, especially with that whole rescue. I mean, I'll never look at the Washington Monument the same. <laughs> um, and oh my God, Zendaya! Holy shit, good on her! I like really loved how she. I loved her character. You know, I feel like she's definitely going to come into her own into the next film. Um, and so she was really, like, underutilized in this in this one. Um, but I'm really excited to see where her MJ is going to go because she's a hell of a modern female heroine already. Um, and Marissa Tomei. Oh, my God. Yeah, she was modern awesome. Oh, fine as hell. Seriously. I really, really, really appreciated that. Um, and holy shit about the twist with, uh, Michael Keaton's character being, uh, being good old daddy. Spoilers. Dude, well, Sean said seriously. spoilers already. Yeah, I did. He did. People do. I, I I'm going there, Brian, because Sean prepared the people and I'm not afraid. Um, to. I'm just going to say that, uh, that, that is some of the best acting that's happened 
in any superhero movie. Ar- argue almost any movie in the last year. For real. Because that scene in the yeah, car, the car scene oh, so was good. so tense, dude, dude, so so tense. You could smell Peter Parker shitting his pants. From <laughs> exactly, like, it was basically 4D. That's how intense. Can it I was. can I say something? Because of this movie now, whenever my GPS talks to me, I now like uh, yes, car lady. Whenever she tells me something, because I loved, I got so enchanted. Oh, I know. By Tom Holland saying, hey, suit lady. <laughs> yes, car lady. Oh, yeah, no. That, that was so sweet. Also, I love when they name her Karen. She's like, is that her? Is that Liz? <laughs> you should Aww. tell her how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> who was the actress? Uh, who is the actress who played? Oh, voice? so this is like the best in-joke because, of course, we all know that Paul Bettany was the voice of Jarvis, right? right? Is it his wife? His wife, Paul, <gasps> his wife Jennifer Connelly. Oh my God. Is the voice I love of it. Karen. That's which is also I... the voice, I think, of Veronica? Or is it Betty? Whatever the name whatever the name of the, the female voice Friday. is. Friday. Is it Friday? Oh. I think she might be the voice of Friday as well. I could be totally wrong. Don't Wait. quote me on that. I did not Google that before we started recording. What? Who is Friday from? I missed the... Oh, reference. Friday is the was the assistant replacement. Once Jarvis basically became... Vision. The Vision. Uh-huh. Um, basically after Iron Man 3, Jarvis kind of was out of commission right. slightly. So Friday was the replacement. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Never mind. I have to say something about the big surprise at the end of the movie though. You want to know why we were all surprised at the end of the movie as, as a nation is racism <laughs> because we were surprised because she was a person of color and Michael Keaton's white and there's no way that he could be her dad. Right. Right. Yeah, what? it's. I think no, I think it was, was also mixed. just a very buried lead because this was two very separate stories that we were looking at, and so it's not it's not necessarily the thought of you know oh this couldn't possibly like be her dad, but it's just it was two very very. Oh no, I know stories. that. I'm just trying to start some shit. <laughs> and genes are weird like that, you know. I mean, yeah. she she I mean, maybe I, maybe Michael Keaton had two percent African. <laughs> Ancestry, dang it, Sean. I'm just saying <laughs> she was okay. I'm just saying Spider-Man so Two genealogy. So to be fair, she was slightly light-skinned, so yeah. it was still totally plausible. Yes, she was an octoroon. Is that what they're called? No, like, oh God, don't. No, <laughs> where's that from? No, I'm not even gonna go there. No, Gina, what did you old, think? Of it's an Spidey. old thing for someone that's one eighth black. Yeah, no, it's, there it's was like a whole old, like sequence. It's, like it's, it's bad. Don't. Okay. Yeah. I loved it. I took my youngest sister to go see it and we had a great time. Uh, we we just thought it was fun. It was a delight. We really liked some of the supporting cast, like the the friends, um, especially the one that was Peter's friend, Ned. Um, oh, Ned was we, awesome. We liked Ned him because awesome. he totally was like the chubby nerd friend. It's like, what are you but... doing? Watching porn? Exactly. Yeah, I love that. Watching I am the man in the chair. I, Get cut. What are you doing? Watching, watching pornography. pornography? <laughs> um, well, because like I, we liked that because yeah, he was totally like the chubby nerd friend, mm-hmm. but he wasn't like a nice guy. Yeah. You, you get what I'm saying? Like yeah. he wasn't cringy. He wasn't. He wasn't a neck beard. He like, wasn't, is what I'm getting yeah. at. And it, it yeah. like the joke wasn't <laughs> that he was fat, which was nice to see. Like yeah. the joke was just that he was very enthusiastic and was one of the only people that knew Peter was Spider Man. So that yeah. scene where where Peter comes in and he's up on the ceiling and your focus is him avoiding Aunt May, and then it pans down <laughs> and he's sitting there with the Lego Death Star and it just drops yeah. my sister and i 
busted up because it, it was beautiful. it was yeah. great and even just like later when he's like when he's trying to wear the fedora to the party and he's just like <laughs> is the hat working and it like he was adorable and i i liked also that um they included Donald Glover as well because I yes. know when when they were talking about doing another Spider-Man movie, people were really hoping for Miles Morales, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of push for Donald Glover to play Miles Morales. And so I kind of I feel like you know him him being in there was a little bit of a nod to that. Also, like, actually, what you don't realize is is the, you know the nephew that he's talking about in that is scene? Miles Morales. He's talking about Miles Morales. Yeah, because yeah, he was supposed to be playing the Prowler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wikipedia. Yeah. My, yeah. One of my sister and my favorite line from the whole movie though was when he he encounters Donald Glover's character and he webs his hand <laughs> yeah, on the trunk. to the to the trunk and as he's walking away and he's just like oh that's gonna dissolve in like two hours and you barely hear Donald Glover just go wait two hours I got ice cream in here. Just like, <laughs> I, something about that was just so innocent and and like so funny to us. But his character in particular, even though he only had like two scenes was really layered and his mm-hmm. performance was a lot more dramatic than I expected. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I, I want to see more of him just particularly because of the Miles Morales connection, obviously, oh, but definitely course, because yeah. I know that he'll bring a lot to the, the next movie. I think they're building mm-hmm. toward it. I think that's, that's a phase four or even phase five move that they're going to do for MCU. That's so cool. Um, it it is. Because after Infinity War, I think that there were, they might, do you think they might just close up that entire universe and, and redo, like no. do an Ultimates? No, no, no. I think they'll, they'll keep it going in some fashion um because they're killing cap and they're killing thor we know this already what i didn't think they oh were... they're gonna kill captain america and thor oh yeah really what? oh well thor I, I i'm can, not so I, sure about I, yeah i figured but captain I america figured captain absolutely america. Yeah. i heard rumors about uh concept art that has thanos holding up thor's severed head Aww, okay so um, i like it That's so brutal that could just be a rumor though Don't hold do on that a second to my chris as far no. as chris evans goes no, no, i mean no. his contract ends on, on infinity war Don't get rid of my chris's and he's retiring from acting it's like he's going wow. out yeah he's he's gonna transition to directing is what he's gonna oh, do okay but no yeah. i need more Mm-mm-mm-mm. no i'm Rocks not okay he'll still keep those rock hard abs and pecs for because he he's going to create a series of not another teen movie sequels. <laughs> he's going to be in it, but he's going to be behind the camera. Can we go back I'm to... going to vouch for this. So we'll talk about Chris Evans in a second because he makes a, <laughs> a couple of amazing cameos Can in this we? movie. But I want to talk about Ned because two things I loved about Ned is one, yeah, it's a little cliche, but they gave him a hero moment. Mm-hmm. I love that he swung in with the with the web slinger yeah. and shooter and saved the day. Oh, totally. It was awesome. Um and I also love just some of the subtle things. Like they cut to a scene when like they're hanging out in his place and that's just he's wearing the Spider Man mask just because it looks cool. Yeah. And, and it's just yeah. like they kind of alluded to that in the trailers, but I just love how they did there was no to do about it. It was yeah. just he did it and it's like that's the real nature of their friendship. If it was like, of yeah. course and I'm gonna he let represents you wear this. Mm-hmm. he represents everybody like Peter Parker's age that's watching this movie and how they would act if they were like his friend. They're like, Oh my god, it's the coolest thing ever. We put on the mask. Exactly. Yeah, and like trying to like get in on it without and like the nice thing too was there there wasn't a moment when like Ned outed Peter Parker as Spider-Man either. And Mm -hmm. like one of the things I did really like about this was Peter Parker has friends. Like I feel like I didn't see that as much in the Tobey Maguire or the Andrew Garfield ones. No, you, yeah. you kind of just saw them like being Spider-Man and being broody and being Spider-Man and maybe maybe Aunt May. I got like, one friend 
and I killed his fucking dad. That was all the rest of the other. Basically, movie. yeah. And <laughs> it's like it's such an old. It's just, it's old hat at this point. Mm-hmm. He he can he can be social. He can be just weird and fifteen and not have to be like, I'm a social mm-hmm. outcast, Peter Parker. Because mm-hmm. that was Tobey Maguire's. So um, apparently, no. and Kristen and the Dunst. way that they set it up, like like uh, politically within the high school like social structure, where like Flash isn't. Uh, he's not a jock. He's actually the the head of the debate or the debate team, right? Or yeah, yeah. The debate yeah, team. yeah. The like the medic, um, academic decathlon team. Yeah, like, right. And he's one of the most popular kids in school. They're really changing the way that we view uh, these archetypes for high yeah. school. I mean, he's structure. still a bully. He's absolutely still a bully. He's just not a jock bully that we're used to that same was stereotype. The, was because the guy who dated. played Flash also Zero from Grand Budapest Hotel? I he think was. so. I think it's he the was. same guy. It's the same actor. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, oh, that's that's new. And I'm like, the whole movie, I'm just like, to my, si- my sister like sees me squinting at the screen and she's like, what are you doing? I'm just like, I'm trying to figure out who that guy is. I've seen him in something think, before. Honestly, can't yeah, check that IMDb was one of, in the movie. <laughs> that was one of my favorite casting choices of the whole darn thing. I think it lended some diversity that we haven't seen yeah, in hero films. Yeah, the movie films. was super diverse. I think I agree with Sean. It really changed up the expectations for the archetypes. Yeah. Um, and it really modernized the whole damn thing. I really, really fucking appreciate it. Like, these high schoolers actually look like high schoolers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some people would argue, well, it won't be fully diverse until Miles Morales is the one in the spider suit. Sure. And, you know, I you have to mark the progress when you see it. Yeah. yeah of course, there's mm-hmm. always there's always going to be room for improvement. You know what? We're getting Black Panther in a few months. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So I'm not tripping. Totally. Um, <laughs> and it's not, and I don't think that the reason that they're not showing them, they're not doing the Miles Morales one is anything racial. Just like the, the, the they're not making a Batman Beyond movie because it's, it's just a much less popular version of the character. Well, exactly. also, like, you know, they already saw the backlash of that when we saw Zendaya being cast and immediately, yep. you know, so many, you know, assholes were just conservative like, oh, right wing like, douchebag yeah, cocksuckers. Like, oh, uh, Mary, Mary Jane's white, like blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, uh, Zendaya is gorgeous. Have you not seen mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, like the chemistry is so good. They're ba- they're dating in real life. I mean, oh, my God, talk for about real. Yeah. yeah. No, Tom Holland, and their lip sync battling in real life, be, which yeah, was amazing. <laughs> to, to be fair, there are plenty of white, white. Well, yes, they're white, but there are plenty of right wing non-racists. <laughs> It just so happens that was a Freudian slip. They're not it, just, it just so happens that a good portion of them happen to be white. You mean right Europe, wing? You're yeah. European white. American? Yes. <laughs> you, Brian, you Douche almost bags. said white power. I could hear you almost <laughs> say white power. Yeah, I wasn't gonna do that. Uh, I want to wrap up on Chris Evans for a second. Captain oh, America. I want to wrap up on Chris make, Evans. Well, too. You always want to wrap up on Chris Evans. <laughs> You handed me that on a silver fucking platter. You are welcome, Roxy. Oh, Lord. Christmas came early. (laughs) And so did Roxy. So. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So good. So good. Love it. I loved Can that he, you? that Captain America is such a Boy Scout. He does PSA videos. Oh, God. It, it's just brilliant. It's just brilliant. And I love, of course, the post credit scene. I, I just love that, that Marvel is so good at this now that they just like, no, we're just going to troll you guys now. We're yeah. gonna... We know you're staying. We yeah. know you want some like clue about Infinity War, yeah. but no. What was the quote? Patience. He's like, you know, yeah. You know patience. Like to wait. Yeah. Patience. Yeah. I, Today we're going to talk to you about part... patience. <laughs> His... His first his first appearance in the, that video in the gym oh, when yeah. Hannibal Hannibal Burris Hannibal is the uh, PE teacher so and shows it to him. He Hannibal Burris stole that entire bit 
when he goes afterwards, he turns it off. He's like, oh, I'm pretty sure this guy's a war criminal now, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like, the, the, the other part I liked about that scene was when Captain America's just like, my friend, your gym teacher, and the side of the TV he points at is the opposite side that Hannibal Burris is standing on. It's just... So he's just, like, pointing at the wall, and then just Hannibal <sighs> Burris not giving a fuck as both the PE teacher and, like, in detention. And, like, oh the God. detention one, when he turns the chair around and sits in it backwards and he's just like so you got detention and it's like the cheesiest <laughs> thing ever oh, it was the beautiful. best it was exactly the john hughes-esque yes superhero movie that we were all hoping for that we didn't That's know we wanted thinking. and it yeah. was there yeah, yeah. It was and it was nice. great and now i just yeah. i'm got, all with, about <laughs> with a literal straight up ripoff scene of him running through the yards from ferris bueller's day off where he actually <gasps> oh, runs yeah. by the tv he runs That's by the tv ferris with ferris bueller it was awesome also the golf course or the park scene where he's like there's nothing for him to web sling across so he's, he's just, just like, a run across the sprinklers the sprinklers <laughs> That's just running and you can hear me just like, oh, this sucks. But yes, the, I couldn't believe awesome. that, they, that they, and it just goes to show you though, when they put that exact ripoff scene and then go meta by showing that Ferris Bueller scene in the movie, mm-hmm. it's just how mm-hmm. powerfully addicted we are these days to nostalgia. Oh, Indeed. Yeah. Oh, way to segue, dude. <gasps> Sean Segway show. I know, awesome. dude. Bring it home, man. So on that note, everybody, welcome to Nerds on Film. I'm Sean Moriarty. I'm Roxy Noberry. I'm Gina Giovanetti. And I'm Brian Moriarty. Guys, it's so good to geek out. Oh, it feels oh, so yeah. good. It does. To geek out. It's just such a, it's so cathartic. It is. It is. Um, <laughs> I gotta say, we had to kind of do a last minute uh, adjustment with the last episode to get mm-hmm. it out there. But can I say, mm-hmm. having re-listened to the Nerdicus two-parter... <laughs> Gina. Yeah, it was nuts. You renewed the faith. It still holds up after two years. Yeah. Good call on releasing that the day you did. You realize the day you released that was Harry <gasps> Potter slash J.K. Rowling's birthday. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my god! Dude, nerd five guys. I am savage! Yes! Okay. <laughs> Good call, Brochacho. Brochacho, well done. Dude, You're no, just, we just savage, no, the precogs. You're macho man savage, so I want to hear you say, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but say it like from beyond the grave, because he's dead. You earned oh. it, Moriarty. What? <laughs> <laughs> so why the hell are we talking about nostalgia today, though? Because so much of our it. entire like population kids. thrives on it. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, as in like our generation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's to the point where we we thrive on it so much. And there are so many companies and corporations and studios and things that kind of see like ours is the generation that's really making these things have a have a resurgence or make them popular or we're willing to spend money on these yeah. things because mm-hmm. we have such a passion for it because it kind of takes us back to a time that was a little bit simpler and mm-hmm. a little more fun Um and a little less Trumpy. A little yeah, less Trumpy. Yeah, exactly. Like we had um, landline phones and skippets. <laughs> Things yeah. were pretty good. Skip-its. Exactly. And I think, you know, it's you know, we're we're willing to spend I money party on it. Chat. Oh my god, the skip it was party like life. the original pedometer because it would count your skip. Yeah. <laughs> Holy god. crap. And then every time people it hit your like Achilles. Skip it. You know when people do like walkathons where it's like however many miles you walk is yeah. Yeah. It, they yeah. did that for skippets when we were kids. That's true. Yeah. Skippathons. Absolutely. Every time yeah. my skippet would hit my Achilles heel, my world would end. <laughs> oh. Like I would like black out because it hurt so much. I'm like, this is how Achilles felt when can, the can we apply arrow small... struck him. Yeah. I think we need to apply just a small like litmus test before so we understand what we're talking about here. 
Uh, a, were you born between the years of 1980 and like 1995? No. Uh, it's, yes. Isn't the millennial like Millennial is like 1980. 89 to, to 97? Like seven, I think, yeah. Are you <laughs> wishing that we saw more of the following? Uh, Power Rangers, yes. Batman, yes. Uh, yes. He-Man, yes. Um, yes. Thundercats. Possibly. Yes. Oh, no. Uh, Marco's Modern Life. Marco's Modern Life. Hey, Rugrats. Like, do you yes. wish there was revamps of those? Yes. Yes. Okay, then this test it. applies to you. This episode applies to you. Hmm. That's a hell of a litmus test. Yes, no, but the <laughs> point it. is, is like, hey, we're Arnold. not itching for like a new Godfather movie because that was in the seventies. Right. No. But it's, but it's also one of those things where it's just like, where, where do you draw the line to? Where do you draw the line between like this thing doesn't necessarily need to be touched or we should poke this bear again. And I think, you know, we'll probably get into this a little bit later. It gets to a point where people find things so sacred that when people then do touch them again, all the worlds come into an end. And we yeah. saw that with things like when the new Ghostbusters came out. And I'm sure we'll we'll touch on that a little bit later. But I, we probably want to do some more I think, though, first. it all comes down to execution. I really do. Because if you know how to, to dance between respecting the style of the source material yeah. and putting something new with it, mm -hmm. you won't do wrong. You won't, no, you, you, you won't go wrong. I mean, there's no way to please everybody. And I guess it's true. just as long as it makes enough money and the, enough critics like it and enough audience members like it, it's okay. But there's always going to be the person that's pissed off, whether it was you, you held too close to the source material or you went too way too far off or you, it could be a simple thing like that. Like your issue with the Power Rangers where it's like, uh, the whole thing was kind of ruined by just not being able to see all the Zords come together and form the Megazord. Well, that and also, it was, there's a certain point where, like, things can go too earnest. Because right now we're in the, the phase of we're going to adapt old fun stories and make them really, like, serious, right? Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. that's all born out of Dark Knight. It really, like, the first, like, earnest interpretation of a very popular character. And it worked. So everyone's like, okay, cool. Let's do everything that way. And you realize that everything doesn't work that way. Batman works that way because he's a brooding Mm -hmm. vigilante yeah. like you can't do it with power rangers because let's be honest at the end of the day it's still about teenagers who put on rainbow colored outfits and <laughs> and they don't do have karate, the range for that they don't and do have karate the range. against clay monsters i mean yeah. come on yes so, or giant gold gorillas or and, giant gold gorillas and their source i don't know if you mentioned this brand but there's like like i think batman could have always gone dark because there's original source material that supported that like the killing joke sure well mm -hmm. even the original 39 yeah. uh storylines yeah. the original a couple years of batman were yeah. very like he was like answer me or i'll kill you right you know and there are a couple episodes mm -hmm. where he a couple episodes i said a couple of issues where he was he had a revolver mm -hmm. he was wielding a revolver and then they're like you know yep. doesn't make sense that his parents were gunned to death <laughs> and that maybe he shouldn't be wielding a gun so <laughs> i don't know if my parents were shot i'd want to shoot everyone well that's you shanti yeah, that's right. But I'm not good enough to be Batman. I just, <laughs> I'm good I just to be thought that. Batman. I just thought that one bit from uh, the the bad man, the bad. Like, <laughs> he was like, he's I was a boy me. once. <laughs> no, I'm no, bad. I'm bad. <laughs> what the fuck? He's like, from? you stop crying about your dead parents to Superman, and Superman goes, "Aren't your parents dead?" And he goes, <laughs> "Don't bring it up." <laughs> What is this? Oh, it's a boy. I think it's a YouTube. Now I'm a bad. bad. Where it's like 
God. It's what's the comic's name, dude? Uh, the Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes. Pete, Pete Holmes. Holmes oh, Batman. Pete Holmes. Oh, okay. Holmes. I yeah. love Pete Holmes. It was the one where they did Batman and Superman. It was oh, right when they yeah. announced Batman v Superman was going <laughs> to. But happen. nothing beats uh, Gina. Hey, Batman. Baba, I'm Spider Man. I'm Spider Man. Well, I think I think I I get the feeling though. Comics are almost one of those things that I don't know whether or not they fit within that venn diagram of nostalgia especially Mm. for like our generation because for this you know millennial or whatever generation because you know comics have been in the pop culture lexicon for so long and you know recently they've become more accessible comic movies and tv shows and stuff and we've seen a big resurgence because the studios have the resources to kind of pull these things together you know but I will say we did grow up on things like X-Men animated series or the Batman animated series or things like that, but, or even Spider-Man, but we weren't necessarily exposed to like all of it either. But, you know, that's because it was, we've seen 17 years of this. Yeah. It started with the first X-Men movie as the recent boom. And the in 2000, the recent boom of superhero movies. In the first eight years, it wasn't that big. It was X Men, and then you had, uh, you know, they were they did yeah. Daredevil, they did the Spider Man movies, Catwoman, and then they started to do the the Batman series. But then 2008, when Dark Knight and then the MCU started, is where it's like there's a superhero movie or four coming out every year. Yeah. And yeah. the nerds will pay for and it. I just, I'm so happy. Times. I mean, Kevin Smith gushes about this all the time, but I'm going to say it anyway. We're living in a world now where B and C rate characters who have never been given the time of day in a meeting mm-hmm. have an audience yep. and a show. They're God, I'm Squirrel for that Girl. Gold movie. Oh, yeah. Squirrel Girl is going to be on a TV show. Guys, that's gonna be my next Halloween that, costume. The idea of yes. pitching going to, going to Warner Brothers and saying, "You know what? I would love to do a Booster Gold movie," and yes, Blue Beetle part of it, be part yes. of it. Yes, that is a possibility now. Mm-hmm. I also want a Guy Gardner movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I bet he'll make it his way in one of the Green Lantern Corps movies. I, I'm almost oh, sure. Well, that, here's an yeah. example of a reboot that I think has been successful. What about X Files? Well, there was the reboot, right? Yeah. That reboot. You guys I think, didn't watch it. Did you guys it, see the new season? I, I didn't see it. I no. did not. It's no. coming back for another one. Yeah. Well, and that's interesting, too, because that's not even a reincarnation. That's no, just it's a, a continuation. continuation. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I've, I've noticed, especially kind of in that category, we're not, a lot of times we're not necessarily seeing reboots, especially for TV shows. We are seeing continuations with yeah. things like Fuller House oh, or like Hey Arnold is coming up. Hey with Arnold, Rocco's Modern Life, um, Wet Hot American Summer. Wet Hot yeah. American Summer. Um, but like my my thing is too. It's like, do we really need this continuation? Did we need Fuller House? Do are we going to need the Roseanne continuation? <gasps> that's Roseanne, gonna happen, which right. I'm a little biased because I really like Roseanne. But and Whitney Cummings is writing it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, awesome. Or like, do we? Did we really need? Um, the the Rocco's Modern Life or the Hey Arnold reboots. They're not necessarily, like, the Rocco's Modern Life and Hey Arnold things aren't necessarily reboots. I think they're just, like, longer TV specials that are going to happen, and then they're just going to kind of, like, one and done it. Mm -hmm. Which I appreciate. Like, the Hey Arnold one, I think, is coming out of... What about Gilmore Girls? I was never huge into (laughs) Gilmore Girls, so I can't necessarily speak for that. I think it was about ten years too late is what it was. They blew up the internet. Why can't they bring back good shows like Dawson's Creek or One Tree Hill? I want to see reboots of that shit. Or (laughs) O.C. I want to see... I just want to see a continuation of Golden Girls, where it's just like all it is is Rose going to the graveyard and talking and talking to the girls. 
like like everything else is happening. Pours one out. <laughs> yeah, this is my, fa- my this is uh, famous the famous Vergen uh, Hergen from Saint Olmos <laughs> from, from Saint, Saint Olaf. Olaf. From oh Saint Olaf. Right. Yeah, so and like how Kevin Smith is trying to bring back mall rats. Well, is so he, is he that, trying to bring back mall rats, or I know he's he's trying to do another Jay and Silent Bob movie. So let me clarify this. The so thing, he originally had a, a, a he had a script for for Clerks three. Yep. it was written. He had it funded. He was ready to go. Jeff Anderson told him, "Look, I'm I'm out, man. Like I just I don't, I don't want to do the Clerks movies anymore." And he didn't feel there's a way he could recast Randall. Uh, that part of Randall, and there was a brief conversation. He thought maybe he can have like Jason Lee take on the part, but he said that would that would not. He just felt it wouldn't be right to the Clerks oh. storyline to, to recast him, so they they canceled that. So they thought instead, well, maybe I'll do a Mallrats one. And he wrote this whole great script about Mallrats uh, being, you know, about uh, Brody's daughter and him in a kind of a diehard situation in a mall. Kind of think of think Paul Blart, but way better. Um, <laughs> More violence. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so the thing is that he originally tried to get the, the rights from, uh, Universal. Universal doesn't give away rights. They're a library. Once you require the rights to something, they'll never give them up. Um, so he had actually like do it through Universal. So he pitched it to the film team. No one was really feeling it. He tried pitching it, pitching it to the television team to maybe do it as like a mini series. No one was doing it there. Not even for Netflix? Yeah. So... Uh, not even so now that. he's doing Jay and Silent Bob reboot, reboot, which is an entire commentary on nostalgic culture, which is what we're talking about right exactly, now. Exactly, which is more relevant. And that's because he, the reason why he can get away with that is because in all of his deals he's made, he's always put in his contract that he will retain ownership of the characters of Jay and Silent Bob. Oh. So he can always take that and put it into a whole new cast of characters if he wants to. That's mm-hmm. cool. So well, I think if he gets it through Miramax, he might be, or through with the wine scenes, he'll probably be Well, yeah, okay. but he got characters from, he got bro from Mallrats into uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back so I imagine that they had to what they do pay like a small royalty probably to use that character probably and if it's a royalty they're like okay whatever the fuck like it's like someone trying to use the Bella Lugosi Dracula in a movie you're like okay yeah we get it well yeah. and it's it's Here's... interesting that it takes that perspective too that it's kind of reflect almost being a little like meta and kind of reflecting on its own nostalgia because I think um, the Rocco's Modern Life uh spot is gonna do that too where like if you guys haven't seen this trailer though i watch it because it's really funny and i'm a little biased because i a i really enjoy rocco's modern life b um the guy who created rocco's modern life actually graduated from the same high school that roxy and i did and uh, he graduated the same year as my dad so um the yearbook from that year has like all joe murray artwork in it and it's (gasps) super cool that Um, is so cool that's the coolest thing to come out of our high school in years (laughs) pretty much besides us obviously um basically but like the the (laughs) whole the whole plot with rocco's modern life is that they're now in o-town in the 20th century and like heifer and uh filbert are full full heartedly embracing all of the modernity um but then rocco is kind of like still stuck in the past and kind of hoping his nostalgia and his good feelings about how things used to be will kind of be what's going to sustain him Mm. Um, so i think i think it's interesting that some of these things that are coming back um however briefly or long term are kind of reflecting on themselves a little bit yeah yeah i mean you kind of have to have that in order to be a successful sort of thing because you have to keep the audience's attention no mm-hmm. sure it's I mean, true you, you, but so yeah. 
<clears throat> so I'm looking at a list of movies. I just wanted to jump ahead two years since the nostalgia, the, the, the nitro boost in the nostalgia engine has been clicked on for production pretty recently where they're like, we're going to really kick it into high gear. This is what's coming out in 2019. I don't know if you could consider this a nostalgia based one, but Minecraft, goddamn yeah. Minecraft movie. Minecraft is like 10 years old, if not less. Yeah, a Godzilla movie, another Godzilla movie. Ooh. They're going to do a got Toy Story 4. Oh, of course they are. Toy Story 4. Oh SpongeBob SquarePants is having another movie. Oh, God. And Shrek is having another movie. Jeez. Is it a reboot? Because Shrek 5 seems like it's. it's, it's it's that's it's, it's not even overdue. It's just like we're like good in that regard. Two, two, we're year, good. two years into the future is them going, okay, we don't need to prey on the nostalgia of the millennials anymore. We need to go for now the generation after them. Uh-huh. And that's why you're seeing like Minecraft and SpongeBob and, and Shrek. Shrek. But yeah. but Disney yeah. with all of their live action versions of all of our uh, Disney Renaissance films, oh, yeah. I think is going in a whole interesting direction. Well, it's crazy cuz like, like when I teach and all that. when I teach my kids, I try to make a reference from even like Aladdin. And Lion King is And they're like, up. "What?" And they just got the cast for a lot in too. Yeah. 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 And so like we're now at a point where Shrek, sh- the kids who were born when Shrek came out are now driving. Yeah. Cause cause they're, they're, yeah. <laughs> so the kids 18. that were born when the Incredibles came out are now driving and there's an Incredibles movie coming out next year. It's I'm be Incredibles stoked about 2. that though. Yeah. Yeah. Another Jurassic World movie. We didn't talk about how that was a huge, <laughs> that was maybe one of the most prolific like nostalgia based because, I mean, oh, we look back good. on it now and a lot of people did enjoy it, but a lot of people really didn't. But still, people went and saw it multiple <clears> times and it was the biggest opening weekend of any movie well, there's ever. Also, there's also newer properties that play with nostalgia. I mean, look at Wreck-It Ralph, yeah. right? That yeah. was wildly successful and now its sequel is on its way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Ralph new. Breaks the Internet. The yeah. big one that we're all kind of excited for, Ready Player One. Yes. Yeah, I mean, God, that Oh trailer. my God, Bad Boys 3, why? <laughs> is that the title? <laughs> Bad Boys 3, no, why? No, it's called Bad Boys for Life. Oh. <laughs> That's the title, Bad Boys, Boys 3, 3, why? why? <laughs> <laughs> Tomb Raider? There's a fucking another oh Tomb Raider. No, but that's going to be Lucius. going to be Ridley uh, or uh, uh, Daisy Ridley, right? No, it's going to be a uh, um, uh, Alicia um, Vikander. Um, oh, right, right. Oh, she was in the running. That's right. No, Alicia Vikander, yeah. awesome choice. I think it's Alicia Vikander. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm so glad Roxy brought up Ready Player One, though, because fun fact, I yeah. think the very first episode I was on, I made a reference to Ready Player One and told everybody to go read it. And it's been two years, guys. You really should have read it by now because you're going <laughs> to be getting spoiled for some shit. Not right now, but as the movie gets closer. because I have some reading as, to do. <laughs> like, as a whole, Ready Player One as a novel is just a complete nostalgia bomb. Mm. And, like, if you enjoy anything, like, a single iota of nerd culture, it's going to be in Ready Player One, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic book anyway, because it's... I'm not saying it's, you know, staggering, genius, beautiful piece of art or anything, but... It's fun. Like, yeah. it's it's my traveling book. Um, <laughs> but it's it's just fun. And it's almost like reading oh, a modern, like, updated Willy Wonka. That's cool. With all kinds of awesome, awesome things. So go go read Ready Player Speaking One. Speaking of nostalgia. From a logistics, hold and, on. From a logistics perspective for Ready Player One, though, what mountain of paperwork do you think the legal team had to go through to get rights to all these characters from several different entities? Like, I was like, I swear in the trailer I saw Freddy Krueger... 
And mm-hmm. I saw the Iron Giant and I was like, I mean, Tron. Okay, they're Spielberg's, grabbing shit from everywhere. Spielberg's directing, and I think a lot of a lot of what's referenced were things that he worked on. And so he was probably able to pull some strings because the whole thing with Ready Player One is it's it's it is a dystopian novel as well, and it's very far flung into the future, but everyone has kind of locked on to the nostalgia of the nineteen eighties <clears throat> because yep. the Basically, this isn't spoiling anything. Basically, what happens is there's this whole online world called the Oasis and everyone basically lives their life in the Oasis. And it's this big thing that sort of sustains everybody's life. And the guy who was in charge of that, who created the whole thing, he dies and he plants an Easter egg within the world of the Oasis and says, hey, whoever finds this gets my whole entire fortune and everything. And so it kind of becomes a battle of, you know, corporation versus your average Joe. But... His, so it's basically a VR Willy Wonka. It's, it's a or, VR Willy or Wonka. Tron. Yeah, it's, Tron. A VR, it's a VR Willy Wonka, but it's fantastic and fun. Um, but basically what happens is the guy who created all this grew up in the 80s and that was his nostalgia and his nostalgia was something that he locked so hard onto almost to the point where like... You know, there have been people who have written pieces about, like, this is a character that displays slight, like, Asperger's-y tendencies with how how much of his life he devoted to the nostalgia and how yeah. much of an effect that then has on the future now. Um, so that's why people locked on to that. But, you know, that is a world where the nostalgia almost becomes very sacred. People are reading this book called um, Anorak's Almanac to try to uncover clues to where this Easter egg is and almost treating it in like a biblical or holy text kind of way because for profit. But, you know, I, I see kind of us getting to that point in our culture as well, where where do you draw the line between what is just nostalgia and what is just... And or what is nostalgia and what is sacred? Mm. Well, I think wow. the line well said, comes Gina. with something that spans generations. Like to bring up Willy Wonka for a second, like Willy Wonka just got the musical treatment on Broadway mm-hmm. in April. They did a, it was not based on any of the films. It was an adaptation of the of the novel. But they didn't use any of the music from the original film. I think they may have used one of the songs. Um, I don't don't quote me on that. But Warner Brothers was the one who they own the the character. I think so. Next to the for like the any other works outside of, um, outside of films and and literature. So uh, I'm gonna check and see if there's if it's still um, on Broadway. I don't think it is actually. I think it's already closed. It was only open like a couple months. Oh, that's too bad. So let me let me double check that though. But yeah, I wonder if they own the candy bars too. And by the way, the fucking scratcher tickets—they have Wonka scratcher <laughs> tickets. <laughs> and I was like, really? Do I win a candy factory? That's a piece of nostalgia uh, well, from when I was. They a did kid. something weird. They did a, apparently there was a Tom and Jerry meets Willy Wonka uh, movie. The fuck? <laughs> they did. Yeah, exactly. That's weird. Yeah, it's, it, it's a little on the weird side. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm like Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein is one thing, but Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is still open. Yes, okay. it is still okay. open. So. Well, because the thing is, too, they're 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 calling it Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Because I remember when so the Gene Wilder film came out, and it's called Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Meanwhile, the book's focus is Charlie. The books are called yep. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. Like Willy Wonka is not the title character. Hmm. 
which is, you know, when when the Johnny Depp one came out, that's actually a slightly more faithful adaptation of the book. Which is sad because people hated that movie. It was funny because we went to go see it and we took my grandma. We took Oma with me or with us. Shout out to Oma. Oma actually enjoyed it because yeah. she we we used to watch the Gene Wilder version at her house and mm. I mean there I I was never one to really compare the two because one is a musical one is not one was trying to be a more faithful adaptation of the book yeah Johnny Depp was a little creepy in it but like I think it was the teeth I didn't I yeah. didn't think it was. I didn't, I really didn't think that one was terrible either, but so many people start to hold their nostalgia at such a sacred level that you get on the point of, oh, my childhood is ruined. You're raping my childhood. And it's just like, God, are you kidding? Like you put women in Ghostbusters. You can fucking chill. No, like (laughs) it's so, yeah, I hate when people say that because I know it's, I I agree. I'm I'm agreeing with you that it's ridiculous to say your child is being raped. No, it's not. You are just extremely disappointed in something. Yep. Can we all like grow the fuck up and let's not no, use Brian, a term of sexual assault about yeah. your childhood? I think our generation yeah. in particular is one that's really idealistic in general because of how our parents raised us to be that way. Based on how their generation had a lot of their dreams crushed based on like the Vietnam War <laughs> and coming out of the baby boomer generation. So I think our generation in particular, we have high expectations for a lot more in our life because we were raised with this general sort of ideal that you can do anything you want and that the world is your oyster. And that is a direct result of I think generations of generations of just of people's dreams being crushed repeatedly 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 right so here we are with this great boon of pop culture that came up during our childhood when it was at its peak this ideal of you know do what you want be who you want whatever that was the 90s that was the bill clinton era of you know prosperity right and then we come into the 2000s where you know shit you know hits the fan and I think, you know, we're all due for some goodness in our lives because our adult lives have been pretty crushing, if I say so myself. <laughs> Things have not been easy since, you know, right. the kind of golden days of the 90s. Right. And like my my I understand if you're disappointed in something like I love reading books and then, you know, I go to see book adaptations of things like, did I enjoy the Hobbit films? No, but I'm not going to say that you like molested me as a child because... (laughs) I don't know if that's what people are saying. Like, (laughs) you're speaking on to something, Gina, that I think has to do with a lot of people's sort of sensitivity and lack thereof. It's like they got in a time machine... Went back to when I was four and diddled my naughty bits. But it's it's just like, did I enjoy yeah. it? No. Like, yes, I was disappointed with the way in which it was done. But then I move forward. I don't buy it on DVD. I come yeah. on a podcast and I bitch about but it for know, a little while. You're and not then I go an home. In, you're not an entitled, you know, <laughs> Tumblr. <laughs> Control. Like, yeah, you're not going to think that way because you have morals. Well, I mean, there is that argument that there's a lot of millennials who. They were told they could be whatever they wanted, like you said, and that expectation is not being met and coping with change is not happening. Yeah, exactly. There's and, a rigidity. There's a black and white sort of thinking yeah, happening. Exactly. More and, particular in this generation than ever. And I think that's what this comes down to is this is this inability to cope with changes to things that you have a very strong emotional attachment to yeah mm-hmm. and it's not wrong to have an emotional attachment to that that can nothing about for example um using the hobbit movies right mm-hmm. nothing about those movies has in any way damaged or tarnished 
J.R.R. Tolkien's legacy. Legacy. No, it has tarnished Warner Brothers slash New Line's capabilities at rendering those films. It may have damaged Peter Jackson's reputation, especially consider- considering how well he did with the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't touch the Lord of the Rings movies even. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even touch the Lord of the Rings novels. It's just, it's its own thing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and it's way too long. They could have just gotten away with one movie. Yes. Yeah, you can still enjoy those, acknowledge those, mm-hmm. and just say the new one, okay, I didn't care for it. Yeah. But to make that assumption that... Then, I, you, know, you know, I this whole topic has me really thinking that I feel like I kind of retract my earlier statement about how, like, our generation has been kind of going crazy with this nostalgia stuff. I feel like every generation has its own form of nostalgia. Um, and, and in that sense, however, like, I can only speak from my experience. You know, I can only speak from this lens that I have. Like, I mean, I'm sure if you asked, like, you know, either of our parents or whomever from their generation, they would probably say the same thing, that they when they were coming up, like, uh, all these other movies and, and things from, like, their childhood were coming back. And that was really great. Yeah. Well, um, I, well from my personal experience, my... my dad was a big fan of the Mission Impossible series. And I was a huge fan of the first Mission Impossible movie when it came out. And we went to see it together. And he was like, that was completely different. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I enjoyed it, you know. And they made the fucking title character of the show the fucking bad guy at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he didn't or freak like out Bond. the way that our entitled culture does now like like, like with Captain this America. generation yeah, uh, yeah. Um, you know it's interesting because i kept i remember reading the, this article that they interviewed dustin hoffman a couple years ago granted dustin hoffman by the time this episode drops will have just turned 80 Ooh, happy birthday so damn um you old he talked about how tv was the best it's ever been and that films are the worst they've ever been oh it's funny and his argument that as for an actor his argument for why films are the worst of ever been is because everything is superhero movies now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think agree with thinking that. about where he's at, he's he's the generation trip of my grandparents. Yeah. When like you grew up, comic books were kids things; they were kids materials. I don't think, and I think when you're 80, you're pretty steady. You're in ways at this. He point. He was of like, the generation of the studio. I mean, Stella Adler and and Sanislavski and and well, that yep. generation sure. of right. acting being the craft, right. not exactly. just the box like, office. He wants to like play Shakespeare, and he wants mm-hmm. to play Ibsen and all these other classics, and he doesn't see joy in playing Doctor Doom or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yet, the thing that the disconnect that blows me away is that we've always seen is, is well, yes, they're for kids, but they're also kids ways of teaching us like modern mythology mm-hmm. right and we've, and we've said that before so we're kind of being a dead horse about that but it is it is modern mythology mm-hmm. so why i'm just wondering where that disconnect comes from where people of an older generation have a hard time making that that connection well i think i think hmm. a lot of it does come from the idea that like comic books in general were not at during their generation were not necessarily something to be taken seriously I and re- they weren't the storylines weren't serious either right. they were ridiculous right okay. I, but like when um the community college that i went to there was an instructor who she taught an english class that had a graphic novel emphasis and they read things like um american born chinese or persepolis or things that actually had a a lot of I think uh, fun home as well, but oh, they nice. there were there were things that had a lot of really heavy themes or themes of different cultures and that sort of thing. And I remember there was a guy in the bookstore who was either a security guard or a um, a, uh, a, stalker. A, a stalker or something. And I <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm getting my not not stalker s t o c k e r. Um, <laughs> And I'm like, I'm getting my like. Oh, he stuck the shelves. <laughs> not followed you around. Yeah. Oh, 
I get it. But um, <laughs> I was just thinking going. like this guy with big glasses from like circa 1986 Gina, was like, we were I think thinking really the same word, but on totally different wavelengths. <laughs> I was homonyms. trying to be English funny, lesson, everybody. But you were trying to be literal. Oh my God. Uh, we just had that happen. You helped me stock the all these goods in my phones. Yeah, homonyms are the ones that are spelled different, but mean mean different things like cast and cast. God bless English majors of the world. I was, I was getting, I was, you know, paying for my books and I have my big like English Shakespeare anthology shit and you know he's just like oh like the classics when back in my day people didn't read comics for college and I tried to like stand there and fight with him like as I'm trying to pay for my books and I'm just like have you read Persepolis because that's like all about the revolution and everything and he's just like oh it's comics it's comics and he was just so staunch in his approach I would have just told him straight up that we've we've progressed far enough that the degree he got from the college he went to in his day is worth about as much as a GED. I mean, he's also he's also just checking out my books at the community college. Yeah. So I don't yeah. think he's career. So he is kind of a stalker. Or... Stalker. I mean, here's <laughs> he the thing: like, it's not just the community colleges. There are universities that are teaching classes about like doing graphic novels in comparison yeah. to modern mythology. Yeah. And the thing is, that I think there's a misnomer with it because when they think comics, he's thinking back to his old brain and he's thinking like Peanuts yeah. and yeah. Little Orphan Annie you and like, like Batman. comic strips. Very yeah, Dunes exactly. Comic strips and comics were, even though they were superheroes, they were lighter. Yeah. yeah. They were the, Sunday afternoon. People, people weren't using the, the medium of, uh, of you know, comic panel style artwork to express their story. Well, and I actually do think there needs to be a nomenclature change because I don't, I don't think graphic comics. Graphic novels. Com- exa- well, graphic novels, but I would even say a graphic novel is it's got to be, you know, a full, like, like at least 80 yeah. pages, like a novella kind of mm-hmm. level length. Yeah. Which most of them are once they've been like comp- uh, consolidated yeah, and sold as trade, trade paperbacks. Exactly. I think just honestly, graphic literature. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. Graphic because li- it is. Yeah. It is literature. It's, it's literature. It's graphic literature. You're including illustrations mm-hmm. for every panel. It, and I, it, it makes some sort of cultural impact, no matter how light or dark or in between the story is. And I feel like we have books like Watchmen and Sin City to thank for for that for that yeah, shift. Totally. Even um, I mean, I'm a little biased because my favorite author, but Neil Gaiman's Sandman. Oh yeah, was really sure. yep. a, a catalyst for that as well. Neil Gaiman is a huge catalyst for yeah. that. I am. I will say I am biased. Neil Gaiman is my absolute you know, favorite. You're but... not biased. You're fucking smart. <laughs> no, he's he's great. Like, give yourself um, more credit, girlfriend. <laughs> totally. And you know he's one of those writers who has been able to walk between both worlds. He's he done. He did a run on Sandman. He obviously. Well, Sandman was his. He didn't just do a run on it. No. Well, I it. say it because he took a, a DC character that yeah. was an old 1940s superhero and find out, t- found it. a totally new way yeah, of making fair. it work. Um, and so there's that. There was also, I mean, but then I know I can't help but think of Stardust. I can't mm. help but think of Good Omens. You know, like yep. he's he's a legit novelist in his own right. American Gods. American Gods, of oh, course. American Gods, Gods yes. I just started watching the show, oh, and now I know what Bill Quisting is. So good. Yes. Bill oh, Quisting. So Jesus Christ. <gasps> so good. So Katie does that to me now. She'll jump on me and she'll go, <laughs> worship me. <laughs> so let's bring this home, guys. That's kind of amazing. That is hilarious. Let's bring this home. So, um... You go home, Brian. We were talking about finding out where the line is, right? And that's I think that's been the overall theme. I know where the line is. You gotta stop once they make a Rex Morgan MD <laughs> through anatomy book for college. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I maybe the answer is there is no defined there's no definite answer for that. I think ultimately The limit does not exist. I think <laughs> Mean Girls, oh my god, I did it! Finally! 
mean, it's true. What Brian's saying is, is it's there's not really going to be a line. Yeah, there's going to be these titles are going to be thrown into the gladiator arena of public opinion, and it's either going to get destroyed or it's going to be hailed. And either way, there's going to be a decent amount of people that hate it anyway. Their voices will just be semi silenced. Yeah, it's ultimately it's going to come down to trial and error. But I think that being said, there's got to be an approach. A guiding force that you have to look into when you think about tapping into a nostalgic uh, form. Is mm-hmm. that where our generation is headed toward, though? Our generation of Hollywood? Like, it's kind of I disappointing. Mean, the Greeks did it. They, they, How many times did they redo? So, I said this before, and I'm going to say it again. The Greeks, every year, did festivals that were retellings of their myths. You yeah, know? I know. We have Antigone... Uh, and we have Oedipus Rex Medea. and Oedipus at Colonus. We have one version of it that survived. They're not even the same versions that were a part of the same trilogy. Sophocles rewrote the trilogy a few mm-hmm. times, you know. Yeah. It's not wrong no. to retell those stories or to tap into a thing that we have an attachment to. I just think it's you got to remember if you do it and you approach it purely from the sake of an aesthetic choice. Yeah. Like, thinking about Power Rangers, thinking about, okay, it was trying to match the aesthetic and tone of Dark Knight to appeal to that audience, without but forgetting that the heart of the original source material, what the theme was Mm -hmm. of it, um, that's when you kind of go wrong, because you still have to pay respect Mm -hmm. to some part that ties into that through line of the original material. And as long as you can do that, even in some small glimmer... Like, so that's what we're saying is the next Power Rangers movie, whoever's directing that, you got to make sure there's a martial arts related public service announcement written into the story somehow. <laughs> or just a little, or just a few more jokes. Like you can't have Alpha doing all the jokes. Like that was the thing. Yeah. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think that's it. It's like you, it's, you just got to read the room kind of thing where it's just like, if you, if you started with something kind of light and kind of fun and kind of cheesy, that's what people are going to to want out of it, which is one of the things I did really like about the the Rock was Modern Life trailer was it shows the three of them sitting in a movie theater and the movie they're watching is a gritty, really, really big man movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so it's so funny because you see that happening to the things that, you know, are being rebooted for us today. But it's like if somebody's going to the Power Rangers movie, they don't want to see the Dark Knight. Right, they totally. want to see absolutely. Cheesiness. They want to see camp and yeah, costumes yeah absolutely. And, and I think a, a good movie that struck that balance was Star Trek Beyond, right? Because you mm-hmm. had J.J. Abrams who tried to revamp, put new life into the original Star Trek storylines, right? Mm-hmm. Into Darkness. I mean, you couldn't get more on the nose than that because that's yeah. exactly where the movie plunges <laughs> the franchise mm-hmm. into darkness. Right. And then Justin Lin, who is a lifelong Star Trek fan. Like, he struck the balance. Like, he was able to honor the new kind of, like, thread, but yet still pay homage to the original. Put little fuzzy creatures and fucking motorcycles in it. (laughs) (laughs) And he was able to do that and still put... There is a way. You remember when they did the Carrie remake with Chloe Grace Moretz and Julianne Moore? Yeah, I didn't Mm -hmm. see it. You know, I feel like, okay, the tone of the movie was just dead and done, but the performances were what brought me in and what really tied me in, particularly Julianne Moore. Yeah, it's yeah. All, it all comes down to execution, and, yeah. and execution mm-hmm. is not a, a one-person um, solution. It's not just mm-hmm. the writer doing getting the script matching tone. It's got to be the director. It's got to be the actors. All 
being on the same agreement of this is the tone we're trying to strike, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And tone is such one of those, it's, to be honest, it's kind of a douchey word if you really think about it, because it's like, we want this to hit a certain tone, but at the same time, like, the what does that even mean? Exactly. Like, it's... <laughs> it's subjective. It's totally subjective, and tone is not one, it's... Tone implies that there's one sound, one mm-hmm. element that makes it, but I find sometimes tones are... It's more like a chord, if you will, to go musical for a second. It's not just... Oh my god, what did you say? A chord. Oh, I, just, I thought you said something like cacord or something, like you stuttered or... No, it's more a word. like a chord is what I said. A chord. Oh, yeah. bless you, Brian. I love it. I'm yeah. Add that to your library of Brianisms. I think that one's pretty tame. No, yeah. it's going to be a Brianism. <laughs> yes, I'll be releasing the second edition of the Sacrosanct Verisimilitude. Of my <laughs> accord. Gravitas. <laughs> Of my gravitas, of my happy gravitas, everybody. Of my gravitas. Second edition featuring an addendum that's fifty-three pages long, in which I talk about I tone. Love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Inominus patris deus. <laughs> Mea culpa, everybody. <laughs> Jesus. That should be that should be in your acting reel is you reading that with a black turtleneck with a black background just looking straight in the camera. I think I'll grow like a James Lipton beard. No, too long you should at start it. breaking just... out into Sinead O'Connor. Oh. Nothing compares to you. Oh god! I mean, you look like her in the music video. What? I bet she's bald. What? I'm not bald. I didn't say you had to be bald, but not yet. You're not. Not yet. So that's what I'll do. I'll do a dramatic reading of, of nothing compares to you. Oh, God. That's awesome. All right. Uh, well, guys, we don't have feedback. Um, Somebody forgot what? to feed our bags. No. Well, we had a couple pieces, but then I read it for the episode that was released yeah. um, for the last time. So, guys, you know, hit us up because we love to share your opinions with mm-hmm. us and your thoughts. Um, also, I got to say, like... You'll rarely, I think, hear us ever say this, but we kind of want a little more on the critical feedback. Like, we don't hear people who disagree with us very much anymore. Maybe it's just because Sean and I have gotten really good at shouting him down, <laughs> shutting him down. But, like, we, we kind of, like, want, we enjoy that discourse because I think we can respectfully disagree about certain things. We enjoy things. hearing your nonsense so that we can shut you down. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, do that. Um, I can practically hear Ben's keyboard clacking away yep. with some like spoken word you know poetry about to tear us new ones that would be amazing if that happened um but hey sean talking to you benjamin sean why don't you tell uh, our listeners how they can become a feedbacker at nerdonomy how you can feed the back well you can go to nerdonomy.com and click on that talk to us button that'll send you to a contact form that will send an email to all of us so be careful all right don't don't do any like in jokes for one of us that the other one's gonna hear. Actually, you know what? No, operate under that assumption. That'll actually be more entertaining. It's <laughs> a shit starter. You can also hit us up on social media. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter accounts that you can hit us up through, or you could uh, send us a telegraph. We've talked about carrier pigeons, smoke signals, um, Westerosi ravens, Westerosi Le- ravens, <laughs> three-eyed, um, three-eyed Westerosi ravens. Um, we also, owls, uh, like of Harry course, Potter. the one, the ultimate way, tubes. 
What's sending us that? sending sending us messages what? through tubes. What is this? Like the, at the bank? Like air tubes, like old fashioned air tubes. Like, tubes like, like that you send mails. Yes, <laughs> mail tubes. What? Yes. Oh my god. Mail I would tubes. I would prefer owls, but I guess tubes yep. is acceptable. Whatever. Give me an owl. <laughs> also, like letters is dope. So yeah, we got a handwritten letter. That was awesome. Send us more well, snail mail. It wasn't mail. handwritten. It was typed, but Speaking it was still mail. It was send us snail mail. You want? We also appreciate you sending us through snail mail. Uh, any donations in, uh, you know, completely defunct currencies. If you could send it to us in like Prussian francs or I don't know, wampum. <laughs> Canadian toonies. Um, yes, a lira. Oh my God. Send us billions and billions in lira. <laughs> that would be amazing. Fill the cave with it and roll around. <laughs> yeah. The blooms. <laughs> Ancient pirate gold. Spanish pesetas. Yes. Persian reals. <laughs> <laughs> We'll also oh, take uh, human fluids that we can sell on the black market. Oh, we'll take semen, plasma, God. Uh, period blood. Well, now, <laughs> I mean, sell that? God, we are now in the Gattaca age, ladies and gentlemen. Gattaca um, is real. Because we just found out today that, you know, the human genome got edited for someone to, for an embryo to be, to Great. avoid disease. So we're now in the Gattaca age. Congratulations. We'll all be getting thumbprinted. Please and don't send us very, very shortly. I'm gonna like I'm gonna end up in a wheelchair and end up burning myself like fucking Jude Law. <laughs> it's gonna be huge. I'm just gonna get so... myself a delivery boy chip like Fry in Futurama. Done. <laughs> <gasps> oh, Fry. Yeah. All oh, right, um, a delivery boy. <laughs> well. Yeah. So you know, uh, dystopian jokes aside. Um, <laughs> It is that time, ladies and gentlemen. So <laughs> until we meet again, stay nerdy and tune into our next exciting episode. Same nerd time, same nerd channel, nerdonomy.com. See ya. Bye. Keep your hands out of my childhood's pants. <laughs> and roll credits. Famous movie quotes you should not say during sex. There's no earthly way of knowing which direction we are going. There's no knowing where we're rowing or which way the river's flowing. Is it raining? Is it snowing? Is a hurricane a-blowing? Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing! Get out. <laughs> <laughs> oh.